Hey, this is Gerd Handel, and welcome to the Inner Light Project. This show is for anyone who's wanting to lead a happier, healthier, and enlightened life. Create more self-love. Inject more joy and abundance into their daily life. Join me for inspiring interviews and spiritual topics so you can shine your inner light. Hello and welcome to a special episode of The Inner Light Project. My name is Gerd Handel and today I have an amazing guest with me who is helping high-achieving entrepreneurs to find their true spiritual self. Now this woman is absolutely amazing. I've had her on the show before. Um, She's such a genuine soul. She has really helped people to really trust in who we are and what we're here to do in this world. She's just an amazing woman. I see her as a soul sister. We've had countless conversations about how we can make a contribution in the world and help empower other women to just really nurture from within. And today we're diving in deep. We're gonna be talking lots about the feminine and the male energy and how we can combine both of them and how to kind of set ourselves free, which is like, everybody is it's kind of craving in this world and the key to set yourself free which we'll explain in depth is looking from within and so I just want to give a warm welcome to Sally Thurley. Sally Thurley is a spiritual mentor and teacher and gives entrepreneurs the tools and guidance to kind of find God, anchor themselves in grace and uncover their highest potential. Sally, it's an absolute pleasure having you on the show again, and thank you for joining us in the space today. Hi, darling. Thank you so much for having me back. It's great to be here. Oh, bless you. I know last time we had so much fun talking and just, oh my God, we could have spoken for like several hours. <laughs> I know, we're going to break it up. This is part two. <laughs> um, yeah, I just loved like, you know, last time we spoke about your story and how you transformed your life and you, we talked about the she monk. This time I'd love to talk to you about the power of setting yourself and others free. Well, it's the ultimate. You know, freedom is liberation. So it's where we're going whether we like it or not. Uh, once we're awakened, a Kundalini awakening particularly, you've got no choice. You're going there, you can, you can fight, you can kick or you can just surrender. But otherwise, uh, our road to freedom is our road home. And the yogis say that the, uh, the, the thing is, I think we probably discussed last time, is you don't become this mystical unicorn or this magical creature. You, you become a heightened version of you. Mm. Freedom is the freedom to be you and the natural self. I call that Sahaja Samadhi. So whether we like it or not, the goal of life is freedom, liberation. So why do you think so many people find that really di- like difficult to discover that or why they kind of find that they need to be pushing versus flowing? Well, because that's how we've been brought up. Mm. Uh, you know, everything is the context with our society is what went previously. And when you think of maybe even the 20th century, there was, you know, great war, there was poverty, there was struggle, there was disease. I mean, it was a hell of a century. And it pretty much wasn't until the 80s that we got a break. And, uh, and you know, so but then there was this thing of, oh, my God, I'm going to be successful. To be successful, the, the only model was the masculine way. So I'm going to push and I'm going to hustle and I'm going to just be the best thing. And, you know, that works. It's a completely valid method that works for a lot of people. But we're living in the era of the feminine. And the feminine is now saying, um, hey, guys, I don't think so. 
Uh, but it's another way, and that's the way of receiving. So one is to push, and one is to receive. But even in even in receiving, we're still here to do. We are we are humans with bodies, arms, and legs, and we're meant to be of service. So we are meant to do. But we don't need to push. We can create. And uh, so it's just the yin and yang. There's a feminine, there's a masculine way. And some people do better with the hustle and some people do better with the feminine. But because it's not part of our culture, uh, it's, it's, uh, it brings in uncertainty and it requires a lot of faith. And if you don't have that faith to fall back on, then your default will be go to the push, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally understand. So it's kind of like we grow up kind of like as a baby, we know who we are and then suddenly the world tells us, okay, it's time to like toughen up and be more masculine and be this way. And even women, I find that often find it really difficult to, if they've grown up in that kind of macho energy to actually really allow themselves to like have self-care or nurture themselves. So then it's almost like they're always pushing again against what nature is actually asking them to be like. Yeah, women are Women are tribal, you know, women are supportive, we're community-based creatures. But at the same time, you know, the masculine and feminine is not gender-specific. So there are plenty of Taipei women out there who love eating um, steel for breakfast <laughs> and going off to their whatever corporate jobs and, you know, killing it. They thrive on that. And, and there are a lot of feminine men who actually just want to go and meditate and, you know, live in Bali and, and take it easy. And both, so it, it's interesting how, um, uh, you know, we sometimes like to say the masculine way of push is, is male dominated, but there actually are, you can see, plenty of women who really enjoy that, that approach. Would you say that even though women enjoy that approach, would you say that that's the right approach? Because obviously being feminine, shouldn't we surely, like, follow? I think... Well, I think things to remember it's not gender specific, it's an energy thing. We're talking about energy, we're talking about really God, we're talking about consciousness and the spunder or the stuff of the universe. So it just means that there are two modes to that. There's the will, there's action, there's love, there's peace. You know, all these things are, are the one, the whole aspect of the divine. So we, you know, that's what I love so much about the Indian philosophy system. Because no religion over there, it's purely a collection of philosophies. And uh, they will all unanimously say there's there's pretty much one underlying source of all. Uh, but how it operates can be masculine or feminine. And uh, so we tend to assign that to a male or a female, and largely you, you kind of can't do that. But So if a woman is masculine, she, she can absolutely go down that road and thrive. Um, but it's not as common. <laughs> it's not as common. Wow. That's really interesting. No one's ever explained that before that way. Normally it's like, we need to be both, but I can see what you mean. Some, Yeah, you're right. There's some people in the office that can really just like push that masculine energy and it's just natural to them. Yes, exactly. And that's all that matters because being natural is the road to freedom. That's interesting. Because, yeah, because a lot of people would say, oh, we've all got to toughen up and that, but some people can't do that because actually it's not the flow of their, the rhythm of their body. Their body Correct. wants the flow. Correct. And what's toughening up? You know, that's just someone's judgment and value system. And, and maybe toughening up for one person is um, becoming soft and vulnerable for another person. So even then, everything is all just bound by our, the context that we hold. Mm. So say if somebody 
I'm just trying to think. <laughs> it's just fascinating. You've just blown my mind with that because I was like, oh, I never really <laughs> thought of it in that way. <laughs> so, like, say if somebody, you know, wants to set themselves free, but they're in the and they're female and they have that masculine energy, how would they be able to set themselves free then? Well, they're, they're, I mean, that's what my stream is all about. But uh, to, to set yourself free, first of all, you want to have the intention, naturally. Mm-hmm. Then it's a path of self-discovery. So, and, and then, it's, then, of course, the third step would always be acceptance. So if you can sit there and just go, okay, nothing here is wrong. That's number one, actually, really, is to realize that we're in this dual universe and we love to put judgments on things. We love to categorize it. We love to rationalize and explain it, which means we're coming from the mind and the mind can never work it out. Um, so the first thing to do is to get relief from that and say nothing here is actually wrong. Whether I've got cancer, whether I've just been divorced, whether I've just had a car crash, to, to get out of the mentality that something here happened because something was wrong. Uh, or bad karma, which doesn't exist. That's just people don't understand karma. Or you know, poor use of the law of vibration. They say you had you were you had the wrong vibe, which I, I seriously hate that. So the thing is, like, there is nothing wrong. Everything just is. I just had that moment. How can I hold this experience uh, with a universe or what I call big mind, uh, with forgiveness, with acceptance, and then from there you'll get you'll instantly access a space of freedom instantly. And then you'll start to see and accept your feelings and your thoughts for what they are. And then if someone is trained, say, in self-inquiry or, or some of those wisdom techniques, then they can use language to move the feeling or to shift it to a place of expansion. And you're free. The thing is, freedom is actually being relieved from the thoughts and, and what have you and feelings and actions that keep us bound or attached or in, a, in a, a negative state. So freedom is to be able to shift from that regardless of who you are and what you're doing. Wow. That's it. Wow. No, seriously, that's really interesting. Like, I never really thought of it that way that we could... That actually, it doesn't matter what... I guess it's like star signs as well, isn't it? It's like some star signs are masculine, some are feminine. So it's, I guess, the same thing okay. with gender. It's like there is no... Yeah. Somebody's told men that they're just like the macho energy, but actually that doesn't exist. Every human being is different and some people may feel the feminine energy more versus the male energy. We are all the same. We're all the same Shakti. We're all the same consciousness. We all have actually, believe it or not, equal portions of masculine and feminine regardless of how it's manifested. So we just need to honour both. And, you know, maybe in some ways some people might have had to draw on one and depleted it too much, which means they need to find the support of, of the other one. But know that there are times to push and there are times to receive, mm. in a nutshell. Yeah. Like, particularly, look at look at creativity itself. I mean, everything in this universe is the feminine. That's the laugh. That's actually the, the laugh, the funny thing. Uh, but when you look at creativity itself, it has to use both forces because to get something happening, it has to have an initial force of energy or push. Uh, you know yourself by starting a business or starting this podcast or starting a venture, there is there is a required amount of time of, yes, creativity and downloading and receiving the intel. But then there's that time of the masculine. We actually have to get the bloody thing going. So you're going to have to get up and get your shoes on and just get doing. And and then once it's established, then you go back into, a, you know, another mode. It's like, okay, now I can 
the two are constantly at play. Yeah, that makes sense because um, back in my older, well, I call it my old life. <laughs> um, I will. I, I worked from like a masculine energy, but it was because I was told that to be a journalist, you know, you need to be tough. And really, my soul was quite sensitive. So I was actually over depleting myself and I actually burned out in that industry. And then when I had my like massive awakening, it was like, oh, I need to go into the feminine. And suddenly I went too far into the feminine side, which I guess is never really too far, but it was like to the side that I forgot about the masculine energy. And then in the last two years, I realized actually, like you said, I need both and I can use that, like not use, I can play with them. So when I need to nurture myself, I allow myself to do that. But when I need to get things done, that's where the masculine energy comes from. Yeah, that's great. And, 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 you know, when you're back again, I mean, obviously I'm a, I'm a yogini, so my, my background is uh, uh, in um, Vedic philosophy. But when you look at all the gods and goddesses, they're not, they're not saying that there's a million gods and goddesses. They're actually saying there's one, but there's different qualities to all of them. But they never have a god without a goddess, ever. There's never one without the other. They always act in a pair. So where there is Shiva, there is Parvati. Where there is Krishna, there is Radha. Where there is Rama, there is Sita. Like that, and they're always saying with one, always comes the other. And yet, in the highest uh, kind of perspective of that, they say the road to the masculine is actually through the feminine. You worship her, you look after her, you make sure that she can create and love and nurture. Then uh, you'll have this, which is called faith. You'll have this. The masculine will enter, and that's that solid foundation of great stillness, and uh, and that to me is liberation. Talking about freedom, uh, liberation is when you realise that the internal self or the Atman, or they call it, uh, when you actually hit that point, it's not people bang on about passion, and it's such a deep, it's such getting you off path. Don't go that way, please. If I can leave you with something today, please leave that alone. Go for where that centre of stillness and peace is and then let the divine feminine dance from that place and create and nurture and love. And that, that's that's the ultimate like, and it's beautiful. And if you can start each day by trying to get into that balance through your devotional practices or your wisdom or your meditation, whatever you do, that's actually where you want to get from. And then you're allowing the universe to work on your behalf and the universe will say, hey, dude, get off your ass and do something. Or it's going to say, um, no, today you're not going to make that call. Today you're actually going to cancel everything and you're going back to bed and watching Netflix. Like both of those can be really valid depending on what the, what your connection to consciousness, your ability to use discernment and say what is needed in this moment. I guess it's the power of your intuition, listening and paying attention to what your body needs in that moment and how you're feeling. Absolutely, and but I like to say intuition with um, discrimination because we need to be able to learn how to discern intel because the ego is a very sneaky thing and, uh, you know, and the energy can be positive and negative. So to be able to discern means that, okay, my intuition is saying this and your intuition can lead you up the garden path if you don't have that ability to discern and go, okay, um, no matter how much I want this, how much I'm repulsed by this I've got to do this uh, and that comes from just being wise and being calm mm. you always make me think <laughs> I love that yeah <laughs> wow yeah I'm just fascinated by everything you've just said it's yeah. just 
I guess because so many people are telling us this is the way most too often we're allowing others to kind of tell us this is the path but actually it's about listening from within and what is your path and what is it that you need in that moment and what can you apply in that moment to help you 100 uh you know and also um there are a lot of half-baked people out there i mean we have a we have an experience of the self that doesn't mean we're enlightened but suddenly everyone's out there teaching and and uh, you know i really believe you've got to do the time yeah and you've got, you've got to do the time you've got to put the hard the hard yakka in and, and as i've said before spirituality is the way you live it's 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 your approach to everything you do in life it's not one or two little things that you do every now and then and and uh, so you, the, the, the other thing is once you find something that lights you up, mm. then you've got to explore it all the way until you can get rid of it. Explore it, uh, marry it, <laughs> uh, and, and then till you get to the point where you realize, I don't need this. But that, that's what you pay homage to. That was your path. Uh, and just keeping the ear out, you know, when people say, oh, there's only one law or there's this or this is the way or that's the thing, that just means that's where they had their experience of awakening. Um, but, you know, there's so many roads home. Otherwise, why would there be such diversity? <laughs> like, there isn't just one way. It's rubbish. There are many ways, but there is a way that's going to be particularly beneficial to you and even if some of that way shits you, like really rubs you off the wrong way, that's actually part of it. You need to become friends with uh, with our reactions. So everything is a divine teacher. Wow. Yeah. I guess as well, like it's, you. that's interesting that you said about um, people saying that's the way. And I feel like you're right. There is never really one way. <laughs> it's, you'll be guided to wherever your destination needs to be. But in the process, like a lot of people, and this is what, I'm, I don't know if you see this as well, but you know, we've been told like, this is your career path and that's it. And people get stuck in that career path. And then they're like, oh, I don't, it doesn't excite me anymore. It's because they're not allowing themselves to open up new possibilities or try something new that will yeah. empower their soul. We're not, we're not what I call, my, my spiritual teaching is big mind, big heart, big being. And, which basically means that you, you have to be open and universal at all times. So big being is saying, okay, I've made this decision. The Dharma states I'm going to do everything to my best of my abilities and responsibly with that decision that I have made. But you have to be flexible enough to go, okay, now, now it seems I have to move over here. It might mean I have to drop this and I can't explain why or... You know, you just need to be really open to what the divine intel is going to be and not make meaning out of out of it because we are so paranoid about what people think or, <laughs> or, or how much we've invested in something, you know, our own pride. And um, the, the whole idea is to actually hand that over, but you still have to be a human. And, and, I mean, it boils down to, of course, that means we're living from our smaller self, we're coming from scarcity, when we're constantly thinking we have to manage and control life. And uh, that, that rips us off. So we're not free. We're not living an empowered life. But empowerment is actually saying there's no such thing as a mistake. So if I lose my home tomorrow or if something happens, uh, that's just a part of a greater divine plan. And uh, in, all, in all essence, I have all abundance coming to me in any moment, whether I lose my house or not. Mm. 
Mm. You know, so we stop the fear, even though it's going to be, an, we know it's going to be an unpleasant experience, <laughs> but we can hold a state of being that can encompass everything. And so in, in the, you know, back to the system, I seem to be falling back on that a lot today, but it just answers everything. Is they say uh, that we come into this dual world, um, but we come from a source that is, is pure. So when you come here, you come from universality because that's who you are at your highest level. Then we hit this, this you know, mortal coil and we, and we become dual. So suddenly there's us and there's others. And liberation of freedom is when you say within you and me and us and others, we are still this universal context, this universal whole. And that's, that's a liberated perspective. So that's what we want to move towards. And yet that can't, that's not something you can't, you can't fake it till you make it. It has to come from the inside out, which means we have to have had experience of breaking through duality, which comes through the hardship. So there's no problem with that. Hardship's only a problem when we think it's a problem. But, you know, it's something that uh, helps uh, turn us into these beautiful, shiny gems, these light beings that we are. Definitely. And it's like the hardships actually help help you to become who you're supposed to be. And if we didn't go through them, then... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you don't go through them... Oh my god, no! can be happy 24 7 i'm like no that's not true you've got to have the sadness like that's why there's so many people out there who are on medication because they're so afraid to to listen from within and actually listen to what they need to hear and what the divine is trying to say to them and it's like why (laughs) just let let yourself feel that emotion as well is to in that process understanding what needs to be raised to the surface and also like the awareness of what's happening that it's not it's temporary it's not the the future yeah always temporary the only the only thing that makes it not temporary is our minds inability to process it yeah definitely yeah wow (laughs) it's just we need a sangha like we all need community of like-minded working towards upholding the dharma which is the traditional um explanation of a sangha but we we need spiritual community we need to hang out with our own kind who are doing the journey with us and in that you're you're naturally elevated by this uh joint consciousness collective yeah and i feel like 
a lot of people are afraid of that as in like they're like oh I want to enter like the spiritual closet but I don't want to tell anybody and like people may judge me and people may say things but the thing is the best thing that you can do is go on that journey even if like the people around you don't understand what you're doing or what you're kind of interested in once you set on that path it's like the universe opens up opportunities where you meet people on similar paths or have gone through what you've gone through and you can like that can that ends up becoming your community yeah you make your family you make your peeps <laughs> you do <laughs> and, and and of course but that's that's why people don't understand freedom like whether you're coming from spiritual uh enlightenment or whether you're coming from self-actualization which is more the personal development path you're going to have to do things you're not going to like and you're going to lose a lot of people along the way and no one actually in the tribal mentality wants you to thrive they want you to thrive within their boundaries so as soon as you step out and do something different you're going to go through it regardless of whether it's spiritual or personal development you know psychological so you may as well just do it and just start going okay this time next year i'm probably going to only have seven out of my 25 friends It takes me back to a time when I was on my own, like, beginning path and um, I got made redundant and uh, <laughs> I remember coming home and I was actually happy, Sally, and I was like, freedom! I was, like, dancing around, running around the flat and my flatmate was like, I'm really sorry. She's like, what are you going to do next? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just going to trust what happens. And she thought I was mad. <laughs> but it's because I was ready to surrender. I was ready to say I was tired of this workaholic lifestyle not being happy doing things for the sake of it and just really wanted to discover who I was like that child that I was when I was five and you know go into nature and do like dance and be free and I think that's the key is once we allow ourselves to start dancing to the rhythm of a child that's when we discover what freedom is a hundred percent that's beautifully put and life is a dance and the more we can realize and and see it and experience it that's that's such joy yeah Yeah. i think the key as well is to remember that the rules that we've been told are man-made they're not mother nature (laughs) that's right yeah there are there are universal rules but even then they're they're wobbly (laughs) (laughs) you know that so many people love saying this is the this is the law of god and and you know then there's another one that kind of acts it and there's this and there's that but there is there is always a natural order to the cosmos and uh, absolutely we can create by doing what you're doing you know by surrendering by living in the moment by by inviting in possibility and living from potentiality that's just intelligent use of being a human being but the greater thing is actually dictated by something that that's so much bigger than us and uh you know the ultimate surrender to that is just adds to that deliciousness that you have of of wanting to be free and and to dance um but yeah the 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 rules and the laws we need uh as long as we can hold them in that way it's like okay for my society to function and for me to want to live here uh and i i personally live in a great country in in an incredible city uh, it's the it's possibly the nerdy more conservative part of Australia, and I'm really happy about that. You know, uh, it's just everything functions really well, and I like that. But then I need time in India every year, which is the total opposite. It's utter chaos. It's mental. It's crazy. It's it's full of pollution. It's, there's so much rubbish there. Like it takes a good three or four days to get over the horror of what you're walking over just to get to temple. Uh, but but. You know, I get, I get other 
we've just got to understand why they're there and, and that doesn't mean they tell us how we breathe, which we just, you know, and, and, and that we don't necessarily, there's not nothing we have to fight against mm-hmm. unless, of course, you come from a society that's that's going through a contraction. That's a different story, but, um, you know, in general, they're good. Yeah, that's, as you were saying that, I, I could hear in my mind say that, even in India, where there's so much chaos, you can always find true liberation. That's actually, it's a, it's a fast track. That's oh. why I take people, it's a fast track to liberation, because particularly their Western brains, like if you can, if you can handle and, and come to terms with what you see, like uh, I have to interview people scrupulously before we get to India. It's like, if you're a, if you're an animal activist vegan, you're not coming with me. <laughs> place that always takes my breath away is the golden temple like it's all chaos on the outside and the moment you walk in it's just like peace and it's like what (laughs) but we're in a chaotic place and yeah I find that when I'm around there I just I feel really grounded and I've been every time I've gone to India I've gone there and I felt really emotional and I've, I've felt really connected to myself and yeah it's like somebody's trying to remind me that you know there is chaos around you but you can still find your inner wisdom you just nailed it girlfriend <laughs> uh, you know over here we, we we shut the doors we turn out the lights we close the curtains we shh, 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 shh. <laughs> and yet the, if you're not peaceful on the inner side no matter what's going to happen your outside's going to be chaotic you need to be able to hold that peace and wisdom on the inside Nothing matters if you can sit. If you can sit in Russia, you know, in the CBD of your city, with all the craziness going on, find that stillness. Then you're doing well. But it's not the flip side where the outside world has to meet your requirements so that you can find peace in the inner world. Yeah, that's so true. That is so true because a lot of people go to like different countries to go for like the quietness or. But when they come back, they're kind of like, oh, it's not the same. And it's because it's the inner voice that's and the inner wisdom that's being chaotic. Correct. My lovely. So I wanted to ask you another question. Um, and it's about self-knowledge sangha. Yeah. Well, I, um, I have been a very reluctant spiritual teacher. I 
was told because when I was giving workshops and trying, try, always trying to find a way to be more world, worldly, like spirit first, world second. But I wanted people uh, to see uh, that there's a, a worldly way. It's called tantra, um, mm. and um, so I thought, oh, yeah, you know, I'm just going to go out there as a, I'm an entrepreneur, and and uh, but what happened when people started to have awakening? <laughs> like, so I would go and run a workshop in like how to be a soul brand or something, which is something I'm really good at. And But they'd all be having these awakenings. I'd be getting all these calls going, I didn't hear a word you said, but what's happening to me? I'm having these experiences. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I had to ring my teacher and I said, I don't know what I'm getting wrong, but I'm, I'm out there and all these people are waking up and um, I'm going there to try and help them be this, but they're needing like like just how to bloody breathe and meditate. And he said, oh, my dear, you're going to have to start running a sex on. That, that means you, just, you carry the shakti. And I went, oh, and I didn't want to. I went, oh, thanks. I hung up when you, you, whatever. Uh, and then it just kept going. It just went like from bad to worse. And I went, oh, God. So I started running a satsang. And, and my I took my daughter to India in 2017. And, and it was just this crazy, this one loved so much about the universe. Like my ego was saying, don't you dare become a spiritual teacher like that. Don't you dare go. People are going to harass you. You know, people in the worst, they nail their spiritual teachers to a cross. Like, don't you dare do it. And uh, I was actually not owning that part of me. I was finding, I was manipulating it, you know, finding avenues. And and then I had these spiritual teachers, these great teachers in India saying, hey, I've been watching you, I see you over in India. What's all this business bullshit about? And why aren't you running a proper, like, ashram or um, this, you're a spiritual teacher? And I didn't even know these people. And I, I was going, what the hell? So I started to visit them. And, and one was the head of the Vedanta Society in, in India and another was, you know, one of the top Kashmiri pundits in northern India. And, wow. um, you know, all these great people were, were contacting me. And, I, and so I realised, okay. So I said to one of them, well, what do I do? And they said, oh, that's pretty clear. You're already um, giving satsang. You need a sangha. <laughs> okay, <laughs> what do I call it? Guys, look, everything about you is awareness and knowledge. You're wise. So it's a, it's, it should be called the self-knowledge sangha. And this is the feminine way. I didn't overthink it. It's not my, it wouldn't be what I'd want to call something. And so I registered it. I got the self-knowledge sangha. And he said, your satsang is the center of awakening and learning, obviously. And he didn't know the first thing about me. So actually, there you go. That's the absolute honest truth on how... I started the Sangha, but idiot me had to do it as a meetup because I was so not going to be a spiritual teacher. And uh, so I started with this kind of entrepreneurial community. They looked at me like I was a unicorn with seven hands. And, and then in the end, after the last two trips to India and last year, I, I got crunched again in a good way, as I was saying before. Yeah. I have um, service type. That's my spiritual nature. So we get crushed. That's just how it is to the day we die. It doesn't matter. Don't make it mean anything. And... Uh, I fully embraced it and now I've got, you know, an Indian community that come and I've got regulars, I've got business people, which makes me happy, uh, they come and I've, I've got, you know, yogis, I've got Christians, I've got uh, everyone. It's such a variety of people and uh, it's growing and it's just lovely. It's just a home base, uh, free, free for people to come. Amazing. And where, where is it hosted? Yeah, so I've got a, it's actually both online and offline. I mean, oh. the Satsangs, of course, everything is um, here at my home, um, the Mornington Peninsula, south of Melbourne in Australia. But uh, I have a group in Facebook, the Self-Knowledge Sangha, and I live telecast everything. And I also have an online ashram. 
So I call it the Shimon Master Group at the moment. But uh, so for people who want to do the study group and the uh, the meditations together and and spirit and, and ask me spiritual Q and A, um, I give them everything in there. So that's like the same. It's like the Sangha but a membership program. So I also do open you know Dharma. I open my kitchen up. Um, I have an open house and feed people, um, mm. and we do temple visits. It's just a it's just such a lovely um, buzz. And so if someone's had an awakening, at least now I've got something to put them into <laughs> to help support them. Because seriously, when, when that happens, it's actually their responsibility. Like, you know, so you have an awakening. But the spiritual path is actually, well, how are you going to take that to enlightenment? So many people go, oh, I'm awakened. You're not enlightened. You're actually just one foot through the bloody gate. <laughs> like we you can't like you just said you can't be awakened in one moment it takes decades and decades It's yeah, it's it's I guess it's taking away the ego and just living in free true freedom that way you just feel connected to everything and everyone. Correct. Yeah. So it we're coming towards the end of the show. It's gone so quick. Um I've got a few more questions there for you. Um the first one is what are your five top tips for someone who's wanting to set themselves free but they don't really know where to start? Uh, and then 
need to embrace? What do I need, you know, how, what judgments have I been holding? Then, then, of course, big mind. So moving to how do I use my language? Do I speak from a higher self? Do I speak from a lower self? Does my language, is it self-loving and kind and nurturing? Or is it diminishing to me as a being? Uh, do, 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 when I talk, do I leave a sense of expansion and happiness? So those, those sorts of things sound simple, and they are simple, but they are masterful to be able to pull off. Um, another thing is, of course, how can I help someone else today? So sometimes when we're miserable, we're feeling trapped, we're too focused on us. So a really great thing is to think, who needs my help? Who can I make dinner for? Is it my next-door neighbour I don't even know? Do I just drop in a pie? Like, whatever. Um, and then, you know, we've been talking about the masculine and the feminine. It's looking at the polarity and seeing how can I make this whole? What part of me needs to soften? What part of me needs to get off my ass? Like, really um, looking at where, like, do I need, as I was talking to you before, do I need to take on the grace of an elephant, of a bird, or do I need to go and see the park, or do I need to just bloody pick up a phone and start doing a few things? So just learning when to act and when to not act and, and finding that lovely balance. These are all great ways, but it really starts fundamentally with who am I, the great question, who am I, and uh, what is it I most want, as in what part of my inner state resonates the most with me and will, will heal my life. Wow. Yeah. That, yeah, wow. <laughs> They're powerful. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Even I, you've got me thinking, I'm like, wow, I never really thought of it in that way. That's, yeah, that it's makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's the good stuff. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. My last question is um, what shines your inner light? I, I've said this before, it just, I just get myself out of the way and it just shines. And the more I get myself out of the way, the more I allow this big um, mission to come through and stop trying to play small with it, uh, then it shines out of control. I've got, I can't tap it anymore. I can't even cover it. <laughs> it's like, so it's just, it's just there radiating. For me now, it's more like shine management. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I love I'm that. In shine management mode. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and um, last question is, what does freedom mean to you? Just being, not giving a rat's ass what anyone thinks or does. <laughs> Freedom is and it's about my relationship with God. Beautiful. Thank you, yeah. Sally, for seriously sharing everything. That was amazing. And yeah definitely given a different outlook about freedom thank you so much and keep shining your light and because everything that you're doing is amazing and i know that all everything that you've learned over the decades of work that you've done is really coming into fruition and helping so many entrepreneurs and people to really be who they're supposed to be in this world yeah thanks gorgeous that's what i want for everyone be you get out there and be of service wow <laughs> once again sally has blown my mind it's just I just love conversations like this because it's so true to just everything you need is from within. However, sometimes we can't figure that out. So sometimes we need a sisterhood of women who are, who are diving in deep and also can give us the wisdom to trust what we need to hear in that moment. And that is what Sally does. She helps you to really trust in what the divine created you as and just trust that everything will work out the moment we eliminate the fear and the guilt and the shame that's when we can truly listen to our inner voice 
Unfortunately, that's the end of the show. Before I leave, I want to leave you with this quote. Letting go is an art of setting yourself free. That's a quote by the Unreal Escapist. For more information about the show, visit www.girdshundle.com. And remember, stay happy, stay healthy, stay lit. Lit. Lit.